Welcome to A Love Worth Dying For, a podcast about the triumphs, challenges, and redemption of marriage and family life from a biblical worldview. We hope to challenge and help you cultivate a love of family truly worth dying for. We're Joseph and Janelle Banks, and this is What's Up. How's everybody doing? This is Joseph and Janelle Banks and welcome to a Love Worth Dying For podcast. And this episode, we're actually going to continue with the um, don't jump the broom just yet. But instead of talking about dating, we're now getting to the next step for a lot of people. And that's engagement. And what does that mean? And how do we see that from a biblical point of view? Um, First, I'm just going to just restate the purpose of marriage before we even get into engagement. And I think we just keep drilling at this point because it's very important. And when you see the importance of marriage, you understand that there are things that we must do to, to secure our marriage and to make sure that it's ultimately done to glorify God. So... Um, what are some of the things you know that we talked about previously about what marriage is and what how husbands and, and wives or should I say husbands and wives to be should view marriage well, that's a whole lot but um, as far as marriage it should be something where a male and female should be coming together um, joining as one um, but in that coming together, there's um, there's not just the male and the female, but God and coming together in that marital covenant and um, knowing that you're no longer two individuals, but you're one, you're one flesh. And in that, you know, the Bible talks about not... Um, you know, not being basically selfish and just thinking about yourself, but uh, mm-hmm. you you now have a person besides yourself that you're concerned with. And in Ephesians 529, it says, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ also does the church. So when you think about nourishing um, you kind of think about food and with food, you're, you're taking in, um, you're taking in foods or whether you're doing like supplements or something, but you're taking in something into your system. You're consuming something in, um, a little bit at a time with the intent that it's going to, um, strengthen. it's going to strengthen you. It's going to give you life. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we are strengthened and have life, we have energy and we're able to um, move and breathe and and do all the bodily functions that we were intended to do. We're able to do that um, with a sense of uh, enjoyment um, and just, uh, just, just being able to do it and doing it without any problem it it probably won't take much effort if you're nourished to do things and then the other part about cherishing like 
when you cherish something, you look at it as precious. Mm -hmm. You look at it as um, a treasure. And, and we also look to Christ as our treasure. And when we focus on our treasure, um, it does something for the other person. It, it helps to, I think you mentioned the word, strengthen mm -hmm. the other person. It also helps something for the marriage covenant it helps to strengthen the marriage the relationship between uh both individuals and as we look at the marriage covenant being the two individuals male and female and god we're also as we focus on christ as our treasure it does something for all three um in in deepening our relationship with christ um and drawing us nearer to him yeah, and, and kind of re reiterating what Janelle said in, in Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 9, it says, But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Mm -hmm. For this reason, a man should leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. Mm -hmm. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What right. therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Right. So that's kind of reiterating what, God, what um, Janelle was talking about, how... They're coming together and they're becoming one. And right. um, that's kind of like a, a well-known phrase about, well, at least the part that talks about let no man um, separate. separate. Together. Yeah. Right. But I think that one part where you mentioned about leaving, the father and leaving mother. the father and mother and cleaving, I think that's like a really, really big one because you have some adults that are really close to their parents whether it's the female or whether it's the male and it's nothing wrong to have a good relationship with your parents but realizing that when you are at the point of marriage that the bible tells you that you have to leave your parents <clears throat> and then cling to your spouse now leaving your parents doesn't just mean you break off all relationship with your parents, but it, right. it does mean that now your most important relationship is your spouse. Outside of God, right. Right, outside of God, your most important relationship is your spouse. So um, as we kind of go forward, we're looking at engagement, we, we will kind of touch a little bit on those relationships that are outside of your marriage and possibly how you can still nurture those but knowing that the most important one um, is your parents. And we'll probably maybe do a separate episode at some point that just talks about um, when you're married, what your relationships should look like, um, the ones that are outside of your marriage. Right. And as and, and as a, it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's kind of like more of a prescriptive as to how you should kind of go into it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So when you're putting your trust in God in the beginning mm -hmm. and you know you're about to go into this new life with um, your spouse. All right. Both of y'all trusting the Lord and making sure your marriage is, is trusting the Lord. No matter what one, one person may be feeling or going through mm -hmm. if your trust in God is still secure and still focused mm -hmm. then that he will direct your path in whatever decisions y'all make going forward in your marriage 
So, right. um, and and because of that, we want to kind of to differentiate the idea of the marriage covenant and the wedding. Because well, I think before that, let's kind of like look at that trusting the Lord because I think that's a big thing when you're at the point of engagement you, you your your focus is on okay I'm I'm in love with this person I want to be with them I want to get um married to them but a lot of times at the point of engagement your focus is kind of on well at least for from the female's perspective you're kind of like okay Oh, now I got to tell my friends. I have to maybe um, show people my engagement ring. You know, I I want to pick my bridesmaids, my wedding venue, things like that. So you kind of a lot of times, um, depending on where you're at financially, possibly you um, and culturally, you're looking at a wedding. You're kind of focusing on that. But I think for me, when you think about the trust part is... You definitely want for both individuals to trust God. Um, mm-hmm. But at that point, if you don't trust the person that um, you're, you're calling yourself going to be joined with, then that's something you have to address. You, you definitely have to address that. So I just want to kind of bring that in because if you don't trust that person, then obviously trying to move forward with a wedding, a marriage and all of that you're kind of setting yourself up for for failure if you don't address those issues so right and i think that goes into um marriage and 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 weddings and because so many people focus so much on the wedding that they forget about the marriage or the wedding becomes this big burden um for the two so that once married then it's almost like it's, it's it's not as much focus on that but you should really guard your marriage and truthfully the wedding don't it's not it's, it's, it's a symbolic and I think for if you're Christians it should really involve the gospel in the message mm-hmm. um, when the pastor's bringing um, the message to to the people who are listening Right. families and friends so hopefully that they'll be able to see that this marriage that they're going into is is focusing on Christ and his church right and ultimately he's bringing his people to himself mm. just as he's bringing this man and this woman together to be with one another um as they say from to death to death to do they part right so you know and there's also the um idea that you're you're bringing them together but you're also bringing those other families and friends and other relationships are, are coming together as well and, um... right it's, it's 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 kind of it, it's go back culturally you know as you know in the in the scriptures and also in other cultures um where two families are coming together and instead of one family paying a, a dowry for the the bride to be brought into this other family since this one other family is losing losing um a family member um naturally the 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 female you know we're bringing two these two families together and you're bringing all that come with them together not only is the marriage bringing all that's coming in coming with them when it comes to the husband and wife 
um, all of their quote unquote, I want to say baggage or all of their beliefs and all of their thoughts and all of their ways coming together um, as one, you're bringing also their families together. And we mentioned on the previous podcast how, you know, that that can play a, a, a positive role in the marriage. Um, but, you know, the wedding is symbolic. It is a thing which, you know, a lot of people focus on. A lot of people spend a lot of money and time on it. Mm-hmm. And that same energy should be put towards the marriage. Mm-hmm. You should spend more, exuberantly more time yeah. and focus on the marriage aspect um, prior to getting to know the person, getting to really go into these in-depth conversations right. with your um, spouse to be, right. um, so that when the wedding comes, it will be it won't be as much of a an issue and a burden on you two, um, but it's something that you have to talk about all those aspects from not only just the wedding point of view, but what's going to happen after the wedding mm. what's going to be the day-to-day right because you know you're work. joined together forever till that do you part so um and in most situations people live together a long time married so you really want to put more time into um what your marriage is going to look like because right. i think a lot of times you know we could get caught up in the wedding and also man pleasing because mm-hmm. we're not so much co- focused a lot of times on okay how am i glorifying god per se which we should be um and 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 sharing the gospel um but sometimes we're kind of like well i want i want to look really nice and there's nothing wrong with looking really nice getting right. a nice dress and things like that um i think we kind of mentioned that it doesn't have to take a lot of money to do that and actually as you plan your wedding it's kind of a good indication to kind of see well are you, are you going to work together because some mm. of the things you have to make joint decisions on um are you going to be good stewards um uh, cuz sometimes one person might be more of the uh saver some penny pincher some the other person may be um more Spend. of your spender and the engagement is a good opportunity to learn that Mm -hmm. and how do we learn that now obviously having conversations but as we know human beings sometimes we leave out certain things or sometimes we're not even conscious of certain things to even ask and and think about unless we have people around us maybe kind of pouring into us and Mm -hmm. and that's the perfect opportunity to seek um counsel hopefully you were already seeking counsel um in the dating courting type process um and also seeking um counsel in is this the person um i should be uh getting engaged with so you know there are times where the male and female um may not be going to the same church so they may be kind of um, communicating with their own individual pastors, elders, counselors at their church, that sort of thing. But right. at some point, it needs to be all kind of coming together. Um, if it's um, going to be them getting married, they're going to have to start coming together. And typically, typically, they end up going to the church that 
um, the, the husband, the husband to be right. has been attending. So at some point they would have to be seeking counsel from his pastor. Right. And um, usually that's usually done because of course the, the Bible talked about, you know, the husband being the leader of the home. Right. So, you know, I would say to- typically because the, there may be situations that it may be easier for them to go to the other church, like maybe right. location and, you know, other things like that. But And then some people decide, you know, once married to find a brand new church to go to. Yeah. So it's, there's different things you have to talk about and discuss um, when even talk, when, when dealing with spiritual matters for the, for the new bride and groom, mm-hmm. um, when it deals with those um, issues and all other issues. So I want to just briefly talk about this. Then we'll kind of, Janelle talked about marriage counseling. I think that'd be more of the crux of this conversation. Mm-hmm. But as we know, in marriage, you have the main two roles of a husband and a wife. And when you're going into marriage, you have to know what that means. And the Bible talks about roles of men and women. And usually that is going to be the definition of what a husband and a wife are to be and in the book of Titus it really it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a a um a a book which encourages older men to pour into younger men and older women to pour into younger women mm-hmm. and giving them advice as to what the younger man should be looking like um, and what the younger woman should be looking like as they as they are maturing in right. in who they are and i'm just going to read this because it kind of it kind of goes into both it says talk about what older men older women would be like but then it talks about how they support into the younger mm-hmm. it says older men are to be temperate dignified sensible sound in faith in love in perseverance older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior not malicious gossips nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women, this we're kind of going to what we're talking about, mm-hmm. to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds, with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives you an overview of what these young women and young men are to look like. Right. Um, so those are like the specifics of what they should look like, but the end goal is still to bring honor and glory to God, to, to reverence God and and that's the reason why they're looking like yeah. this because they're actually this is the man and woman of God what their what their um, um countenance should be what their mm-hmm. how their their minds should be how their how their um how their faith is actually worked out in their day-to-day life and in mm-hmm. how they're being presented to others so that you know it says, it says the last verse was set um so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Mm. So who's that op- opponent? <laughs> well, the opponent is, is is Satan, and and the opponent is 
just anybody who is coming um, against God, coming or... against God and His His word. Yeah. So if no one has anything bad to say about it because of the way that you're acting, you're acting dignified in Christ. Mm. Because being in Christ is, is is a is a mentality and a way of living mm. that showcases how God is working on your inside. Mm. So people, when they see you, they notice that you're different from where you were before Christ. Right. If you are in Christ, you shouldn't look the same. People shouldn't say, I don't see a difference. They can say there's a difference in this person. Right. So when you're bringing these two people together, this man and woman together, who have been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the will of God, and the gospel is 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 in is has has changed their hearts, them coming together should be a display right. of God's righteousness and his 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 um love for his people. Um, in in the in the bringing the two together, right? That makes me think of um, well, I guess kind of like two verses, but um, one being uh, Matthew five sixteen. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So Titus kind of talks about the things that you do and how you should do it. Um, and, and you're not just doing it just for the sake of doing it, but you're doing it with the purpose that others will see mm -hmm. and hopefully others will grow, but that they will ultimately glorify God. Right. That they will glorify God for what they see in you, in your marriage, in the way you relate to each other um, in a loving, caring, cherishing, nourishing way. And that they'll see Christ in all of that. Right. Um, the other one is one of my favorites. I don't even know when I started like thinking of this verse, but 1 Corinthians 10 31 is one of my favorites. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. It's right. like for me, anytime I'm in a tough situation, that like is the verse that kind of plays through in my head that I realize like whatever I'm doing, I need to do it so that God will be glorified. Right. So when it comes to this marriage covenant, when it comes to preparing for it, for thinking about it, we want to make sure that God is glorified in it. And when mm. both parties are trying to glorify God in in their even preparation for marriage, mm. then God will be mightily glorified and his people will be edified by these two people coming together and showing the love of God to his church mm. in their coming together. So I'm going to let Janelle kind of dig into this part we'll talk about marriage counseling um to kind of end this 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 um this episode but this is a very important because we talked about in titus how the older men and younger and older women are to are to um encourage and um and to instruct the younger men and women mm. well pre-counseling is kind of a part of that and right. before you getting before you get married talking to someone specifically where you're going to where where you, where, where you are because you can't really talk about where you're going to go after the marriage or talking to a pastor after or you could um if you found a church together and wanted to talk to that pastor but talking with somebody to deal with marriage um prior to and the the the, the depth of it and what you should do spiritually and what it means so Let's discuss marriage counseling. Um, you know, how should marriage counseling look to these two young people um, coming together and, and 
and wanting to be married. All right. So I think you kind of um, mentioned about um, definitely coming together with a pastor. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know different people are coming to marry, get married and there are different situations. It may be where one person may be going off to the military or um, a job offer. So, so there may be a lot of different things um, right. based on the relationship. Um, but regardless of where they're at, there should definitely be um, someone that you're talking to. And, mm -hmm. and most likely it should be someone that's either a biblical counselor or your the person that's going to be um, your pastor, preferably the person that's going to be your pastor because that person is going to be there right um uh i guess more so for the long haul not saying that a biblical counselor um wouldn't uh be there but usually when you think you're going to some type of counseling situation the end goal is that the counselor gives you all the tools you need right. so you can kind of go off and 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 live and do those things and in the same way with your pastor but at the same time your pastor is always there um and and they're always somebody that you could come back to because i think the sometimes one thing, you don't even because yeah. some people go to counselor outside of their church right but um definitely just want to focus on getting that um counseling that's coming from um the bible because right. you don't want people just giving you what the world thinks what they think um, and just advice because sometimes advice can sound good but if it's not according to the word of God then it's not good for you if you are looking to live according to the word of God so one of the first things um, you want to address is your uh, communication because you're gonna have to communicate about every single thing in your marriage like even things that you may think like I don't want to talk about that or that seems kind of private well when you become one with that person there's not going to be too much private like you may have the, your time in the bathroom and stuff like that but um you know th there's going to be majority of time where you're going to have to communicate about all things so right. uh finances children relationships work um uh intimacy um right just how you raise your children all of those things so with communicating you want to definitely be a good listener um and and in marriage it seemed almost like when you were dating and engaged you may have have had a good communication right. for the most part some the people may maybe mm -hmm. not maybe they found out while dating or while engaged like okay yeah we we having some difficulty but even though you may have had very good communication you might start to have poor communication when you get married based on certain things that maybe you didn't talk about while you were dating or engaged because it didn't seem um relevant, relevant mm -hmm. because certain things are reserved for marriage um, so you want to already kind of have in mind, like, how do we address differences of opinions or differences um, in how we maybe did things? Like, you want to kind of talk about how are we going to talk with each other, that we're always going to be respectful. We're not going to um, be accusing each other or, or mm -hmm. name calling or just things like that. We want to use the right tone, not saying that people don't naturally 
um, get upset or naturally raise their voices or things like that. But you want to make sure that in your mind, how you relate to that person is always going to be loving, even when there's disagreement. Um, you also want to talk about what's your goals besides mm -hmm. glorifying God. What is that going to look like? You know, you're going to have to, um, clean the house. You know, you're going to have to take care of maintenance of things, vehicles, right. um, your finances. Uh, are you going to have joint accounts, separate accounts? Who's going to work? If both of you are working, mm -hmm. how are you going to manage your money? Right. Um, you know, for me, looking back, like I wish someone would have told us um, a little bit more about managing our finances and what that should look like. Um, because a lot of times, really, you can live off of one income, even when you're both working. Right. Um, it does take some creative thinking. And if, of course, if you come into the marriage with debt, that's something to talk about. That right. shouldn't be like a secret that your spouse has no idea of how much money you owe, because by the time you get married, it's going to show up. You know, you either going to have bill collectors calling you or this person is going to be putting all their money towards their debt, which it should be contributing to the household. And then there's going to be conflict because now you're going to feel like, you know, there wasn't trust. So you definitely want to be open and honest mm -hmm. and talking about these things um, before marriage. Right. Um, not to say that, oh, now your spouse has or, or spouse to be has debt. So now you're not getting married. But it may mean that you may need to postpone or come up with a very intense plan of once we get married, how are we going to attack this? Because now that you're one their debt is now sort your of debt. your debt, yeah. you know? Um, and all and these I, things are going to be, will be brought up in counseling. And, right. And, and even, if it's not, you need to make sure that you're addressing it. Um, definitely looking at um, family worship. I think that's, that's a big thing. You hear right. a lot of women that are married talk about, well, I wish my husband would lead in family worship. Now going to church is one thing. And you should be going to church as a family and worshiping in that sense. But um, beyond going to the church building and um, worshiping with the other saints in corporate worship, you should be worshiping with your family. Uh, as, a, as a spouse, the, the husband should be pouring into the wife. But sometimes we know that when people go into um, a relationship, maybe the the a wife may be a more mature Christian than the husband, but guess what? His role is still to lead. So right. what does that mean? The wife needs to be praying. Right. Um, he needs to be surrounded with other men that can pour into him. And Lord willing, he, he, his desire will be to grow as that leader and her des um, desire and, and, and um, efforts would be to pray for her, um, spouse and right. to um encourage him in what he is doing her role even though i know sometimes can be tempting for women in certain aspects is to say well if he's not doing it i'm just gonna do it you know right and that can come cause other problems that can issues. cause definitely other problems and going back to the scripture we talked about trusting the lord that's kind of where we say i'm going to trust god i'm going to pray about it 
and I'm going to be that help me because that's what the a wife is to be to the husband. I'm going to help him, but I'm not going to be his role. I'm not going to be um, the, the leader of my household when I have a husband that is there. Right. So, you know, we we definitely want, you know, encourage that if you're looking to be married and you have, you know, if you're a young man and you have proposed and she said yes, that one of the first things of this new marriage to be would be getting counseling. I mm -hmm. think getting it as early as possible, right. um, getting counseling prior to being engaged, um, once engaged, um, getting um, continuing your counseling. Right. Because even once you get married, you're then going to be under your whatever church you attend and mm -hmm. become members of. Hope you'll have older men and women there who will continue to counsel you on a more um, personal level, be friends with, and you also be able to, if there's any other issues that may come up in your marriage, right. that you have someone who you already had a relationship with in the counseling sessions mm. to then be able to um, come back to you and, and remind you of your marriage covenant, remind you of the things you have um you have a uh, promise God and you went before God and and going back to the scriptures to 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 refocus you mm -hmm. on the things that are most important and that's glorifying God in your marriage. Right. So, you know, we definitely um see engagement as as this as this bonding of the two people, mm -hmm. um, bonding of, of, of um, relationships, a bonding of families, um, bonding of friends, and this, this coming together. And hopefully and prayerfully, this will be a time of, of great joy, not only of being married, but a great joy of while we're actually doing something that's glorifying God and continuing with, with the, the will of God in in spreading his his word throughout the world from us coming together and hopefully being able to bless our families and friends with our covenant and mm -hmm. that they'll be able to hear the gospel and be able to be blessed by this union are there any other um things anything else you want to say before we head out head out um just remember to pray with your um always your spouse to be um that that's going to be very important as you head into your marriage and, and just praying individually for your spouse, learning, um, how to pray and praying for just things like their, their, um, their job, their, their well being, mm -hmm. their, um, their spiritual growth, because right. once you get married, you're still going to be growing in Christ. Right. Um, and hopefully you're going, growing in Christ together as you continue to um, communicate often, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes, especially with this lifetime we're in, people get so busy with so many different things. If you have to schedule it in, schedule it in. But that's most important. You, you want to protect that time with your spouse, with your communication with your spouse. Um, you got to put down those devices, that Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, not saying you can't do those things right. and those things can be very helpful, but at the same time, when used, um, excessively or used inappropriately, they, they can be, um, a problem in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you definitely want to talk about children because we know God calls kids or children a blessing. Right. So really kind of looking into that in your premarital counseling, like how do we view children according to the way God views children? Mm -hmm. And what is that going to look like for our marriage? Um, and discussing any differences that you may have, but having a plan, not going into your marriage just blinded and now you, you having problems, but go ahead and work those kinks out. Um, be open and honest so that um, your uh, your pastor, the biblical counselor, whoever's counseling you can definitely help you to dig in. Anybody that's kind of not willing to ask you those personal questions may not be the right counselor for you because you want someone to ask you those deep thought thinking questions because you want to think about those things before you actually get married. Right. Um, same thing with um, intimacy. Sometimes people are in a position where um, maybe they're not virgins. You know, what is that going to, how's that going to affect your marriage? What is that going to look like? Some mm -hmm. people maybe have children from outside marriages. What is that going to look like? How, what is your role as the, the new parent to that child? What is that right. going to look like? How do you glorify God in having um, children prior to marriage and now having a, a family that includes people of difference uh, uh, with differences of thoughts and opinions and lifestyles and all those different things. Mm -hmm. um, also your relationships, you know, you're clinging to your spouse, but that doesn't mean you don't have a relationship with your parents. You don't have a relationship with your friends. You don't have a, a re relationship with coworkers, but knowing that your spouse beyond God is priority. Right. So I think that's kind of like the, the, the main thing for me is just refocusing your, your thoughts, um, getting things out of the way, being open, honest, and um, just giving it all to God. There are times where information is revealed during um, premarital counseling that may cause um, the couple to either postpone if there's some serious sin issues that need to be dealt with we all will have sin but th there are some sin issues that can impact the marriage in a negative way right. and they obviously need to be dealt with um there may be other things that one spouse may say i i don't think i want to marry this person based on whatever mm. and you know although when we get to the point of engagement, we feel like, wow, you know, I have to marry this person because, you know, we've already made an announcement. We've already, um, you know, right. bought certain things or sent out certain information or whatever it may be. Just realize that marriage is permanent right. in God's sight and it's forever until that do you part. So if there is something that will cause you to question whether you need to marry that person, the engagement is the right right place to be where you decide, okay, this may not work right. or we may need to um, hold off on marriage till we get mm -hmm. deal with those serious sin issues that right. may be um, impacting things. So just want to say we love you guys. We hope you um, definitely have benefited from this. This mm -hmm. is very near and dear to us. Um, you know, it's so amazing how... God put things in you and like it's been years since we kind of really wanted to 
um, just do something for people considering marriage right. as well as married people. And I'm just so glad that God has brought this back to us and um, is obviously giving us this opportunity. He has given us this time with COVID because we've just had more time because of um, you working from home and things like that. And um, I just pray that we're glorifying God in that and that someone is able to benefit and that always, always, always to keep your gaze on Jesus. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of A Love Worth Dying For. Um, make sure and to like, share, subscribe this episode with others who may benefit from it and hope that you're benefiting from it. And until then, this is Joseph and Janelle Banks. It's been a love worth dying for. Have a blessed day. God bless. Thank you for listening to a love worth dying for podcast. We hope you were encouraged, educated, and blessed by the show. Hope to see you back again on our next episode. You can check us out on Twitter at Love Worth Dying For or email us at alovewortdyingfor at gmail.com. So until next time, grace, peace, and love to the glory of God.